0: Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host Tom Quee here. We are tackling the shortest straw today. You know, a wonderful track. Really excited to get into this one. Definitely one of the highlights of Justice. uh, Amongst the spoil of riches on that record. But as with a lot of tracks, you listen to them a million times in the week. And they grow on you. But this has always been one that, uh, you know, has been beloved of myself. And today is like any other episode is myself and a guest tackling these songs uh my guest today has been on the show many times possibly holds the record for most appearances i'll have to sort of check the analytics there but to my memory we've covered bad seed all of in my hands i think we do more i see the moscow show always great to have him on the show dave how's it going sir it's
1: going good man sorry i had a mouthful of dr pepper no <laughs>
0: That's it's fitting. No, that's that's all good.
1: Have you tasted the dark berry Dr. Pepper? It's in a blue can.
0: I haven't actually, no. Wild. <laughs> I, I don't mind Dr. Pepper. It's
1: a flavour sensation.
0: What's the worst that could happen? Underrated 90s adverting. Very be- Big
1: fan, very American Pie-styled yeah, adverts at yeah, time yeah, as well.
0: Yeah, 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 very sort of outdoor public very demonstration jocks, crap bro, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Dave, always good to have you, man. Um, so, yeah, you have been on a fuck, Tom, right? I mean, you've been on my Battle Rap podcast. Like, you're someone that I seem to just have on my shows. I am Tom.
1: Wherever there is Tom, there is me.
0: The perennial guest, as it were. That's
1: me, that's me. Yeah, yeah that's still there. I'll and... probably put that on my headstone, to be honest. <laughs>
0: I remember us doing... Because as I said before, you've been on the show really early and I think like it's the fourth episode, all in my hands. And I knew from doing the Battle rap and whatever and I wanted to get you on the show and you are a fan of the band. But I remember asking you, I think at the time, what songs you want to do in the future, like what do you actually want to choose? You went for Shorty Straw pretty much instantly. It's my favourite Metallica song favorite? Like, ever. I don't think there's a better song than it, not
1: Blackened, not anything. Not even the little sleepers on St. Anger, because there's some good ones on St. <laughs> I mean, Anger. There are, yeah, but
0: I mean. <laughs> No, I, shorty straw. What shorty Straw's better than than battery? Easy, Easy. fuck battery. I mean, fucker so...
1: <laughs> iron in the bin. Pretenders. Like <laughs> this is a champion. This is Metallica. Mmm, mmm, it is. This trapped under ice. There's no other band that could do this.
0: (laughs) I mean, you're right in the fact that it is Metallica, because one of the things that... I mean, we'll get into the innards of the song, you know, after the emails and stuff like that, but one of the things that did surprise me up front was how few riffs actually are individual pieces of music in this song in this 6 minute um, 36 second song like you know Shorty Shorty just comprised of these kind of just jigsaw pieces of deadly rhythm that form together and yeah there's some crazy riffs and imagery and McCarthyism and Dave as I said we welcome emails on this show We've we got do. two emails recently. Metallicapod at GMO.com If you want to get in touch with me, correspond. I look forward to reading them out on the show. Patreon is there as well. If you want to support, you want to give back the So What falls on them, a little video series exploring Metallica's magazine, So What, as well as episodes I like... I love those, by the way. Yeah, no, thank you, man. Yeah, they are... Um, I, I don't know whether they're just going to get taken out instantly because I don't even blur out the text, but it's just, you know, a fandom kind of preservation, Steez.
1: I love it. It's very DIY. Like you're you're covering zines now.
0: Yeah, metallica yeah. zines. But you're right. Yeah,
1: love it. Love yeah.
0: it. Yeah. I, I don't know what other bands had their level of ziness. Like it's so probably stuff like New York Dolls and the Clash yeah. oh, or like. Oh, okay. Actually, so like, like yeah, the yeah, old Sniffing
1: glues and stuff, stuff.
0: Stuff Morrissey would have bought in like yeah. The, the, the yeah, stuff 70s.
1: Morrissey would have wallpapered as with.
0: <laughs> yeah, you've got stuff like a like Morrissey wrote to Enemy uh, prodigiously, I think. I think he did, like, hundreds of them. So, yeah, he's got... If you want to be like Morrissey... Not not in that sense. Not, not recent Morrissey, but... If you want to emulate him, MetallicaPod The first email is from Kenny. He says, Hi, Tom. I love the show. Such a good idea. and even better execution. I enjoyed the search, uh, Seeking Destroy episode with Ivan, where you discuss best debut albums. Would you agree Appetite for Destruction and Korn's debut album should feature as some of the best ever? Uh, Dave, debut albums. I mean, uh, Appetite completely... Uh, that's one of my all time favourite albums full stop I don't really know Korn's debut, are you familiar with that? Yes,
1: Okay. I love Korn Like shamelessly as well yeah. Because of my age, like when I was in my teens They got sure. big and I was like "Wow!" <laughs> I'd never heard anything like it And they all looked so Just garish and uh-huh. like they needed a wash And they were just Free and young and playing heavy music And it was brilliant Korn's first album though is probably their best Riff wise, drum wise too very tribal. Very. It sounds like Faith No More's drums, but put over like a, a heavier riff and rhythm section. It's really good.
0: Mm, mm. Yeah, I mean, it's the it's the one with the girl on the swing and the the silhouette of the menacing dementor there, and the corn spelt out in the sand. And blind is on there, which I know. And ball tongue. I, I, if you say so. <laughs> you had no idea. just like, yup, that's. Yeah. The but the second track, yeah, Bull Tongue is on you there. listen
1: to the second track. The riff and the intro drums on that are fucking
0: phenomenal. it's some... like getting a kick in. <laughs> some called Faggot on there. What's it? Big, big fan of that. Yeah, yeah, big some...
1: call and response from the crowd on that one in 2019.
0: <laughs> it's a but, hit. But I mean, like, you know, oh man, debut albums, other debut albums that we can go for. I uh,
1: let me think. What was Mother Love Bone's yeah debut? Uh, yeah? I mean just... that
0: kind of like came out after he died. Like yeah, um, beautiful beautiful record. Crazy crazy yeah. Stardog Champion yeah. That Apple record Dookie? is Dookie yeah. Dookie's a very good shout.
1: What was Pantera's
0: debut? Was that oh, Cowboys? Oh well, no no. The, I mean, Cowboys was their fifth record. They did four. what was their
1: debut? Their debut. I never got their... the
0: order. I forget what it's called it's called like metal music oh, i might be getting the wrong but it's when they were like glam But
1: debut albums is quite a difficult question you know
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it's hard to sort of accurately think back yeah and and some bands like soundgarden like the beatles even though i love please please me i wouldn't say it's like you know an incredible album but yeah i mean there's oasis. so many people like that oasis yeah oasis definitely maybe yeah i would certainly yeah, put that that's so i
1: can never remember if morning glory or definitely maybe come first so i just said the band i was like they've got one
0: uh rage against the machine phenomenal band every
1: yeah. album of theirs is
0: great yeah 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 uh, i mean they metallica just played a cover of a did a doodle of theirs in manchester uh, stone roses really like their stone, debut as well there's a good album it's a fucking crazy i mean stone Roses is such an odd left turn like their first album was this beautiful virtuoso dream pop with this manchester rhythm core and the second one was just led zeppelin like uh, the
1: second one is really weird yeah it's good so you can I, listen I like to it, it in but... pieces? Yeah. But
0: you can't listen to it as a whole. Yeah, it's re- it's re- it's very bluesy, slidey, guitar-heavy, and uh, Ian Brown is kind of sunken in the mix. And anyway. Uh, let us know debut albums email us what are your favourite debut albums I would like to hear that Uh, there are obviously a a fuck ton that we haven't mentioned you've been screaming out to send those in Uh, Kenny concludes as said love the show I saw Metallica live in Dublin in 1992 when I was 13 and since I've seen them seven times last time being Slane Castle earlier this month such a compare and contrast of concerts over 27 years keep up the good work regards Kenny thank you Kenny And just quickly from Tommy, Tommy Trinklow's been on the show before, most recently on the Junior Dad episode, which was a great episode. We both sort of connected spiritually to that song, and it was really open discussion, and yeah, I remember that very fondly, and the track as well. He said, love the most recent episode in which you summarise your adventures to Twickenham show. So yeah, guys, check that out, obviously, the Twickenham recap. It was quite brief looking back, it was only like 20 minutes or so, but... You've seen Master of Hobbies a few times, whatever. I don't mean... That's not downplaying it, but, you know, it, it's more about me trying to get fans at my meetup and meeting a few. But, yeah, go check that out, that desperation. Did so you have
1: a good time, though?
0: I had a great time. There you. Go. I had and a you got to see stuff. Ghost. I got to see Ghost. As said on the show, didn't really get them, but I know yourself, like, you just look at me as a heathen right now. I'm uh,
1: just backhand after... Yeah. Comedy backhand with a fish. Right. <laughs> but- yeah very good band but not so much musically they're very college butt rocky eurovision sounding but the 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 band itself like the the action and uh like the story they've put into it i get it like i dig it
0: yeah yeah no no i i it, it worked certainly in that context but to me musically uh, I don't know. It kind of like Mastodon doing slightly better. My, my asthma, a lot of people talk about it as an instrumental. I didn't find that very stirring, really. But he says, summarize your adventure to the Twig Show, as well as pretty much every other episode. Your linguistic acumen always leaves me intrigued and entertained. I may be vacationing to GB. So, you know, maybe I'll bump into Tommy. Tommy also mentioned his uh, Data Remember podcast that he might end up doing potentially. But if he doesn't know it out there, steal it. You know, there's. Are Among Thieves? No, oh, there isn't, No, Just go do uh, ADTR. Go do it with Brad Blazik. I think he's a big fan of single podcast theory and whatever. But this is a very meta podcast conversation, Dave. Excuse me on this tangent I'm going on.
1: It's all right.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, guys, get in touch with me and MetallicaPod at gmail.com. Um, we're going to dig into Shortest Straw. And we'll jump straight into it. So the intro of this track, the opening, uh, ba-dum-bum ba it feels like the far-off stomps of a megalodon, like, you don't quite know what's coming, but you know it's gonna be heavy as fuck.
1: Yeah, it's weird you say that, in my notes I've written down that it's like a heavy gallop mm. that leads into the lick, there's like a, an animal, like, you know when they, like, they sort of rear up yep, before yep. They, they get to it, like, they go into, like, battle, it's <laughs> very thunderous, I love it.
0: It really is And it's kind of Playing chicken With the listener Like obviously You listen to it a lot You know where it's going But it's just kind of It's very off-kilter You know Injustice Metallica One morning And through that Got a little maffy You've gotten very yeah. maffy In some places There's a lot of You know Just silences That they play with And things they hang on And these ideas We see repeated You know Explicitly in like Death Magnetic And stuff like that But Black Anne Was a very main Lone real remedy To this sort of Overthinking But I absolutely love it and it's an ever-changing force. This song, as a lot of Justice is, like riffs are altered at the ending. Uh, certain drum parts change. It's just this uh, this this mass of frenzy.
1: It's a completely fractured structure. Uh-huh. It doesn't seem like there was any attempt to keep it in order. It's just chaos, and I think that's why I really like it. Yeah. Because with its album placement as well, it comes just after one, that's but right, just yep. before Harvester of Sorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Two. Really, the, oh my god, riffs in their own right. But then, yeah. Short Estrada just sits in the middle, and That's it's true. fucking. Oh, it. honestly, yeah, it's the best song that they have.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's a marvel of the invention. As I say, there aren't that many riffs in there, and the the ding 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 that riff that comes in from the intro, you know, grow some legs with the drums like, charging for
1: furlongs and furlongs mm. of this frenetic thumping and you're like what the fuck is this then you get that little lick before like the pre-verse oh it's screeching yeah. it's lovely yeah 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 yeah,
0: yeah. and what
1: it, what i do like though tom mm-hmm. is there's a whole lore behind the song that people think it's a reference to uh, bus placement because he drew straws to see who would be I've on heard the bus that. yeah
0: yeah cliff. and
1: famously Kurt hammer asked kurt to move uh mm-hmm. cliff i said kurt twice yeah yeah But yeah, it's just, ah, excitement over this song, very much so.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, this riff that charges through, this riff that we will hear in the chorus as well, and in other places underneath the solo. I mean, the song, again, makes really good use of that. Into another riff that'll recur throughout. Yes. You know, that biting chug at the end. It really has a, uh, a serpentine appeal, that coil there, that that kind of stabbing of the notes that are always familiarly ended with, you know, him chugging down below on the g string. But, yeah, I just, uh, I think as, as a piece it's just it makes sense as a kind of you know middle of the song to build around
1: i love uh lars's snare patterns that follow the lick as well mm. a little riff like the the screeching one that's very good yeah yeah yeah. i like lars a lot on this album oh, he yeah, it's was very yeah. it was weirdly not as hard hitting as it sounds like because as he got older he seems to hit the drums fucking a lot harder now he seems to belt them like he's putting his all into the back then he just play it seems and he'd hit them as hard as it came and it was kind of nicer i like that
0: and i like the way as well in a similar fashion the hetfield's rhythm guitar in the verse kind of you know matches their melody da, 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 da. and uh suspicion is your name your honesty to blame it's a ferocious opening couplet yeah
1: there's what um hold on it's uh it's gone from me now the the red scare mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah whole... yeah 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 like, it's a very political song, apparently, if you take one route, and then it's about Cliff if you take the other yeah. route, so I'm I'm not sure, because it depends. It seems like it's a lot of, like, internal fan discussion on the Cliff thing, more than the band, because they don't seem to conform or deny it, they're just like, whatever.
0: Yeah, it feels quite out of character for them, they, they, they don't really eulogise anyone, apart from Lenny, nah. I guess, but... I love just the, the inferences of the Red Scare. I mean, it's there, and like, you know, maybe James has said, okay, this is about it, but it's not too over in the lyrics, but it does play into a kind of wider idea of systematic oppression. And I do think the Red Scare is a really kind of interesting thing. I don't know Arthur Miller was caught up in that. Yeah, the verse, it, it just works for me on a momentum level, and kind of similar to, like, And Justice for All, the title track as well. It just kind of goes up a key in the verse. The riff doesn't necessarily change. It kind of tightens the screws there and then for me dave personally one of my all-time favorite ever metallica riffs is the i guess you would call it pre-chorus riff. the da 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 da, yeah. da 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 i love how it's just like such a tasteful connecting phrase there but so thrashy it could
1: play in a live action version of golden axe before a battle that one like you could come it's just this fantastic battle music mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i want i would love wait was that on snm no. I want to hear that with an orchestra. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because well, I was
0: just thinking, was it on S&M? No, but they're doing S&M too, this year, so... I'd maybe. love to hear a Thank big- Orchestra. Da, da, do that. Da, da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can definitely hear that. I can definitely hear that. And, it, you know, that gives way that riff, which we hear versions. Of, I think we hear it three times. There's three choruses in this song. And James, as they say, tinkers with it and adds certain dissonant levels to it um, as it gets towards the close, which I love. Getting into the chorus. Da, 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 you know, for me. A lot of people talk about Load and Reload, and that supposedly has this innate swaggerness to it. But kicking into the chorus of Shortest Straw always just feels so good, so much better. Fits like a glove, this unforgettable, ineradicable groove there. I like the
1: structuring of it as well. I like the structuring Mm -hmm. of his lyrics. I think they go really well. I think he enunciates perfectly in this song, on this album as well. Uh-huh. he's just he's on the money that's prime
0: Hetfield it is it is and you're so right yeah the da-da-da, and the way he backs himself up as well with shorty straw and that becomes a repeated phrase and you know rob you raw just that sort of barked out of nothing it's
1: got everything you need uh and then as it comes into the second verse you know like uh as the riff comes to the end of the chorus. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I really like that part. I don't know what you'd call it either. It's not a bridge, is that bridge?
0: Yeah, I guess. It's, yeah, it's kind of just a little. Just messy. like
1: there's little, like mm-hmm. you said, how there's little fractured pieces. It's one of those parts that it could go anywhere, mm-hmm. but it's, it's there, and I really like it. And you know, been pulled for
0: you as well. The pronoun. now, yeah. powerful. The witch hunt thing as well. mm Hmm. Yeah, the lyrics are excellent. Fucking love yeah. the lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the 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 blatter and disarray disfigure is said the blatter maybe that's a misspelling now I've never heard that term but uh, yeah I mean reckoning painstaking deafening it just has those classic Hetfield you know polysyllable barks there. And the song doesn't weirdly have a middle section. It kind of just repeats the riffs we've already heard up to this point. So normally most songs will have a kind of, you know, breakdown bridge or whatever. This doesn't really have that. In its place, it has quite a, um, you know, I'd say mildly successful solo. Um, I do respect the solo for what it does. There's a lot of goofy sounds in this solo, Dave. Um, Yeah. A lot of harmonics and shit.
1: It's a strange one. It sticks out when you compare all the other solos and mm. ones that you would think would be your favourite. This one's, like, very ping-pong-y. Just it like is. It, it's quite cool.
0: It has kind I of, like, like this double-stop pedal point in the middle of it after these real, just kind of dive bomby ideas.
1: It's it's a very, like, what's, like a, this bravado in this solo. Mm. Like, he's, he's pissing around for a reason in this one. I, it seems to me yeah. he's doing something, like... For him. he's obviously got a reason for it is what I'm trying to say but I'm stumbled over my words because so I'm a fucking idiot but it's just I love it again it could go in any song it's, it's a decent solo but it's here and that's where it should be
0: yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, it does open with a lot of these um, odd ideas. Well, not odd, but just kind of stuff that guitar players were doing at the time. But it doesn't play into, like, I don't know, they, they don't really weaponize anything melodically there. It just kind of makes these noises. And then we have the part where the drums fall back and it's da the riff of the main guitar. And then there's just Kirk sort of, you know, ascending and descending and just kind of playing nothing, but an enjoyable nothing into a more typical Richie Blackmore, Malmsteen sort of climb there. That's there. a show, yeah. You know, that, that sort of idea. Kirk always, you know, inspired by that and, you know, really do like that end of the section as well. Altogether, maybe the solo isn't the greatest thing, but it's almost like, you know, there's lots of it that does work and I think it plays into, because the song's so rigid and the song's so mannered and this is just a little kind of splash of chaos at the fourth minute mark.
1: Yeah, it's, it's wildly out of place. Mm-hmm. Like, considering the chugging riff, it's got decent gallop, it's pounding. the lyrics are there, everything's good, it's really aggressive, and then there's this really playful, like, bravado, light on the toes, dainty solo with ping pong bits in it. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. Would, would you expect any less? No, no. I mean, that that is what Kirky Baby does, and I actually saw Kirky him... Baby! I mean, he gets called that uh, by HIT, <laughs> uh, by, uh, by so... Uh, yeah, I know,
1: I yeah. Papa, I'm familiar with the whole Papa hat <laughs> thing as well, very strange
0: I uh, I saw Kirk playing, oh I saw the band playing this live actually in Birmingham, so this song has been played uh, 98 times, so not, you know it's not too sparse there, and but... rightly so yeah, yeah, it's been, you know, it's actually debuted in uh, London, England, uh, May 11th, 1990. Uh, last played March 6th of uh, this year, 2019. But yeah, I saw it uh, two years ago in Birmingham. And I remember really enjoying it, so I rewatched the clip just before it went on. And Kirk does a terrible job with the solo. I mean, it's quite a tough solo, to be fair. Yeah. But, uh, I, yeah. I don't think it'd be one you would nail live. True. No, it's kind of an in-the-studio thing, isn't it? It's not uh, easy to replicate.
1: I'm impressed with how consistently he still gets a solo on one. Even though he's getting older, but not a, not a, a single note out of place. He's just like, yep, that's what I do. I did this. to do it again." He's wonderful.
0: Yeah, and they, you know, the song after the solo kind of has a cool little. I love how there's this giant solo and then there's a little like two chord break, and then just goes straight back into it. Um, yeah, you know, really breakneck.
1: It doesn't let up at all. Like once it starts and it starts going with the riff, like you said, then you get to the solo. It's like you're being wrapped in mesh. It just keeps going round and round and round. Mm. But it's comfortable. It's okay. It is. It's weird. The, the song feels like it's chasing you. The riff is chasing you down, but you're fine with it. You're like, it's whatever. <laughs> like just let it catch. <laughs>
0: and the, the you know the lead break returns as well there's more wah this is more typical maybe of kirk um towards the end and then we get the we didn't really mention this before but before the solo really kicks into it there's a like these kind of you know melodic lines that played on like uh fate black and orion and those sort of ideas but but it still works and this returns as well and then as the song closes as you know it, it draws to an end it kind of has a lot of false starts and endings doesn't it, it plays with you once more
1: it's one of those songs that feels longer than it is when you listen to it. Yeah, but you're yeah. You're not upset about it being longer. You're more upset. they like, "Oh, it's only six minutes." Because I listened to it about twenty-five times. Yeah. When you were like, "Yeah, we're going to do it," I was like, "Ah, oh, finally, an excuse to listen to it even more." Because it's on pretty much every day for me. Yeah. Then I listened to it tonight, like four or five times, just before I did this, and I love the end of the song more than I like any other part, mm. because there's no need for any of it it's unnecessary they could end it after like the second post chorus true very true like there's no need for any of it but it's fucking brilliant Mm -hmm. it's excessive and i think i like it because it's excessive because i'm excessive i drink too much sometimes i eat too much i'll do other things too much there's too much of this and i still want more of it
0: I mean, just the song is relentless, you know, it's labyrinthine, like, you know, and just you never, you can never get your orientation there and the way it yanks itself and the tone as well. I we haven't even touched on the tone, like that claustrophobic choking guitar sound. It's amazing.
1: And to think, it came out in 1988, yep. right? It's on justice what, what song on Unjustice is probably your, your favourite? Probably Blackened. Everyone says Blackened. Mm. Like, Dire's is right there. Di- I mean, yeah, yeah, Dire's Eye <laughs> of the Beholder's right there. Uh, yeah. Harvester Sorrow Sorrows right there. Yeah, Harvester, yeah, yeah, yeah. One, Shortest Straw... Every- this is a great hit, <laughs> this album.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah no, and yeah. I
1: think Shortest Straw would be the first single. Short, I
0: mean, yeah. Shortest Straw, people, let us know what you think. Um, As we always do, we have opened it up to you guys on Twitter. So, at Pod, shout out to all the people who have given their I feedback.
1: did notice people discussing it quite a people, lot, which yeah, People, yeah, people obviously
0: reacting you with glee to this song Ralph saying so how do you follow a masterpiece like one on an album will it have to be this bomb burner of a song it's a phenomenal track of arguably the band's best most progressive album everything about this song is fantastic James' lyrical and vocal delivery about the scourge of McCarthyism was spot on a young me had to run to the dictionary to look at words like Nadia Megalomania etc <laughs> and then to a history book to fully understand this <laughs> number one the riffs are top notch and Lars' drumming is masterfully done Kirk's solo on this one is also outstanding oh and if you listen real hard jason's bass is in there somewhere and i can hear jason's bass on this song can you
1: yeah she can and his backing vocals are really
0: really nice mm-hmm. he's, a great he's got a
1: good roar does... we could talk about jason for hours though. Yeah. like there could be a 10-hour podcast on just how everything he does even the, the tiniest <laughs> of things makes such a big difference <laughs>
0: Um, he said the last time uh, so I've had the pleasure of hearing this live a few times the last one was in 2009 and it's quite a treat more live for this one please uh, Chaz and Kat saying gotta be up there with James's best lyrics and storytelling I love the third verse especially your hell is multiplied oppressive damage done your many turn to none to nothing and channels read one word said blacklisted is that metal enough for you Lars's early double bass in that verse also one of Justice's great quirks It would be interesting to hear your view on the recurring theme of Vertigo, as it always stumped me Finally, this song was a live show highlight mid-92 with Jason's punishing background vocals on the chorus Good show. Vertigo? I don't really have any thoughts on that I mean if you wanna the whole witch
1: hunt thing though and the sure. whole the, it's been pulled for you I wouldn't say it's Vertigo, unless maybe he's well, we don't know his personal circumstance. We don't know how he's interpreting things. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Could could be to him, I guess. You know what? Actually, thinking about it now, yeah. If this album was a steak, this song would be the garnish. Like this is the the garnish, like that goes with it. Mm-hmm. And the album is just to me is just a big boulder. It's just heavy <laughs> and hard. And shortest straw is just like if someone's put some parsley on a brick.
0: Does that make sense? <laughs> Triton sang, amazing song with punishing riffs and one of Lars's finest performances. The dry production also helps to get the message across. I love it. Age saying sang, an absolute beast of the track, very intense. Deep Purple Podcast sang, great track, and then he provides a 8-bit cover that uh, he did of the song. I've seen that. So, yeah, so that was pretty fucking awesome. And then Garrett Brooks finally says, top 10, shit, it's probably top 5. Dave, any final thoughts on the track? I just think that everyone
1: sells it short yeah i mean I think ironically it... weirdly though it's because i think it's because of its placement on the album
0: mm. and
1: it's just a, a weird place you've already listened to one you've already had Black you You're four songs into a metallic album but like in reality it's like 20 minutes who really listens to the fifth song i think it gets it gypped it should have been an opener it's phenomenal wow, the and opener. they should close every show with it <laughs> I think it's honestly, it's. I can't stress enough how much I really, really like this song. Mm-hmm. This one for me, and from this album, I think other Metallica songs have the same effect for me. Stuff like "Trapped Under Ice," mm-hmm. you know the riff to "Invisible Kid" from "Saint Anger" oh, as well. Of course. Directly into my veins, mate. Just <laughs> constantly.
0: Yeah, I did that episode solo, and yeah, I, I, know. I raved about that song. Yeah. Who's doing Saint Anger? You know, St. Anger, I have a special guest. My cousin, who got me into Metallica, is going to come on the show.
1: Oh, I can't wait to hear yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, so that'll good? be
0: a good one. And I actually, because we went on holiday, uh, he, he's quite a bit older than me, he's probably like... 10, 12 years older than me So anyway, we went on holiday when I was quite young And I remember it was the day St. Anger came out, we were in the airport And he bought the St. Anger CD And he had his CD player, and he sat next to me on the plane And he put the CD and he put his headphones on And like, within 10 seconds he turned to me And shook his head So we're going to talk about that He's more of an old school Metallica fan But um, it should be a good discussion And he's formed a lot of my tastes Like he was the archetypal, you know, older relative Who got you into shit Yeah so, it'll be cool to, uh, you know, wade through those waters, but yeah. I think after that, we've pretty much finished, because we're getting to the point now on the show where I've almost done entire albums, so... Have you done
1: all the covers, though? That no, I no, appreciate.
0: no. I've, so I've still got, like, 40 episodes left, or just under 40 episodes left, so I've still got pretty much most of the albums to cover, but, um, yeah, the lat yeah, what's that, the, um, hmm, so yeah, we'll be done with, say, Anger, by the unnamed feeling so episode 151 so we've done kind of towards the end with all the things but maybe I'll do a compilation but guys this has been great as always you know you can support us on Patreon if you enjoy the show patreon.com forward slash Al you can get in touch with MetallicaPod at iTunes is there if you want to leave a review go check out all the episodes that me and Dave have done the Moscow episode was a really good one as well Um, if you want to hear me and Dave talk about uh, Battle Rappers hip hop mixtapes we've actually reviewed two of them in my opinion, the two best. Uh, we've looked at, uh, well, if you guys are in the mood for C Major's 10,000 Hours and Kruger's Lazy EP, I mean, Dave, what can be said?
1: I think you should check out the Kruger <laughs> one because it translates better to Metalhead. True. But if you're on the wave, get the C Major on, I think yeah. it's wonderful.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check
1: so, out Tom's other stuff. He does good stuff. He uh-huh. does system or down breakdown videos. Yeah, does all yeah, kinds yeah.
0: Of yeah. Yeah, go check that on guys, as well. Um, all the other channels but yeah this has been great man and it's been really fun to do these episodes with you so um, yeah obviously we'll do something else in the future but cheers guys and Dave thanks again man
1: always good bro